0: Good evening and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed Ed, Mike, Daniel, all the way from across the pond, and Megan, at least partially. So welcome everybody. Thank you.
1: Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Megan, hey, I'm kind of glad.
0: I'm kind of glad you're here in the beginning because you're local to me. And one of the things I want to talk about is the pro-Palestinians are running amok including <laughs> shutting down the entranceway to JFK. Are you following that? Oh, I I see little bits and pieces of it um every day and it
2: it's just almost un, unbearable. Like I think that these are the same actors for Occupy Wall Street and for all the other Soros endeavors. It just seems a little too organized and coordinated for it to be organic.
0: I right. Totally agree with you. They're actually, you know, lining up and barricading the entrance to JFK and also LAX, but I happen to live and use JFK slightly more than LAX. Um, Obviously, they're trying to ruin Christmas in all kinds of places and rioting and protesting everywhere. And I'm curious where everybody, everybody sees this going. How is this going to end? Is it going to backfire? Is it going to help them in any way? So... Take it away, guys. I, I just, just, put, says, so, it's
3: just standard this just standard behavior. I mean the, the particulars mm-hmm. change, but this is this is what they do every week. We have something to talk about like this. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Ed? I, I just posted something in the
4: chat from Lively that um, showed a bunch of the demonstrations and what you see is a combination of of handwritten signs um held by you know women in kafias or uh uh, you know young muslim looking men and and then professionally printed signs Mm -hmm. um that obviously have some sort of a an organization behind it and Mm -hmm. usually they're they're fairly uh Open about what the organization is, you know, whether it's the mm-hmm. Democratic Socialists of America or or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in these clips, I couldn't see who who the organizers mm-hmm. really were from these. But I got to tell you, just like in um, Europe with the uh, climate protesters gluing themselves to the streets to try and block traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's one thing you can do in the United States to turn people against you, it's to block traffic and uh, block, <laughs> blocking traffic in into JFK, which is already a disaster, LAX, which mm-hmm. is already a disaster. Um, that is not going to win you friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not something that uh, and so I guess the I guess the. The point is not to win friends and influence people. The point, like all of the actions of the left, is to is is nihilistic, is to destroy. Right? I mean, that's yes. Right. The, the, they, the they don't border try to
3: persuade on anything.
4: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a destruction oriented.
3: And um okay. Okay. And, because, and our side um, is never gonna. We're not gonna be able to repel them until somebody, especially some Republican repudiates George W. Bush's Islam is a religion of peace. Until that's repudiated, our side is checkmated. We don't know how to fight them. Because mm-hmm. that, that gets thrown in our face. And it's false, but we don't know how, to, we
5: can't fight it because we're accepting it. It's right. not just destruction, is it? It's demoralization. And, you know, to acclimatize people to the yeah. idea that, that you can't counter-protest to to these people and uh, that you are mm-hmm. you have to accept the reality in which they're determining the agenda. Uh, that's that's part of it. You know, they're not trying to persuade people like us or ordinary people that to have the same views as them. They're trying to intimidate us not to respond to them at behaving mm-hmm. this way. Well,
3: yeah, I mean, we're well, on the show that they're their whole agenda is based on humiliation and mm-hmm. that's why they you know the the further the that their goal is to try and make you believe lies and the more the lie is is distant from the truth the more humiliating it is and that's why they are that's why they want us to believe that a man can be a woman that's right. why they want us to believe that <laughs> islam can be peace
1: i mean
0: yeah. that's the there's whole a, there's always
1: the uh, there's always an intimidation factor right to get us to shut up
0: well, I think there's also right. the opposite. It's to provoke us because the minute somebody does get out of the car and start beating them up, which is yeah. for another place, well, they can yeah. call it Islamophobia, call in the cops and, and go that route. So well, that,
1: that, it that's that exactly way side who knows of, you lose. That's just like the whole J six thing, which mm-hmm. is provoke that, but you know. <laughs> and you and, the and five, obviously they, they've used it against us ever since. Have you
5: had in in the States in <laughs> the UK? We've had a number of occasions where there have been, you know, at these, these great old cathedrals, um, there, there's been instances of groups of Muslims turning up and having prayer sessions, like in the, in the grounds of um, uh, Christian cathedrals. And that seems to have happened at, like a number of times. And that's, that's purely a, a sort of conquest message isn't it? That, that we now control these spaces and, and we are in charge. Um, have you had much of that in the U S?
4: No, not as much in, in, in a lot of senses, despite, you know, the awful terrorist attacks that we've had, we, we haven't had as much um, Muslim desecration in the United States. I don't entirely know why. I know there are, the mosque just down the street from me here was one of the uh, mosques where the the preacher, you know, Alaki preached uh, jihad and and uh, fired up some of the nine eleven terrorists. So it's not like we don't have our problems. But as far as trying to, you know, occupy other spaces, I think that is not a Muslim thing in the United States. That's more of a leftist thing. Is tearing down our statues. There was a. a Peace and Reconciliation statue that was just torn down the other day here in Arlington National Cemetery. Um, so there is a, there is a, a, a an attempt to destroy our history and our heritage in this country, but it is it is more leftist oriented um, than it is uh, than it is specifically Muslim oriented in the United
0: States. Right, but since they're on the same team and fighting on the same side, um, you know. Well, of course,
4: they're not the same side, right? Muslim, Islam is, it is like, you know, in our view of right versus left in the West um, or even globalist versus populist, you know, the Islam has nothing to do with that. It's kind of outside. Um, now it's being used, Islam is being used by the globalists the you know the leftists in in the united states and and in europe um to create chaos uh, chaos requires more more government more management m- whatnot um but uh I, you know if the if the muslims ever took over they they murder the leftists just as much as they murder uh, patriots, right? You know? But they're so very
0: happy to piggyback on the leftists. Yeah, so no problem joining them to make trouble, and that's where their stress right. is coming from right now. And I'm just wondering, like, where is this going to end? Or it's not going to end? Or are they just going to shut everything down because we're not allowed to fight against them?
3: Where well, does it back end? to what I said you know, before, Stephen? We can't right. fight against them because Islam is a religion of peace.
0: Right. So where does somebody
3: acknowledges okay. that it's a it's a religion of war and conquest, then we'll be able to fight back against them.
0: Right. That's and it's not going to happen. So what what I mean, will we have no airports? Will we have no highways? Will we have no Christmas? I mean, they're just I mean, that's, more that's than you, know, you
3: know, using using old dollar figures. That's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Right. What what is going to be the thing that sets Americans off and says, we're not going to take it anymore?
0: So you go to Dublin. I think everybody on you panel. You know, Dublin, as, is that going to be a paradigm that's going to be followed in other places? Or is that something that was crushed and therefore nobody will try it again?
4: The Dublin thing is interesting because, of course, the um, Irish have a history of, of you know, fighting um, whether it's the Protestants versus the, or the Catholics, um, they, they have a, a history of doing these sorts of things, a recent history. Um, whereas in the United States, the only people who have fought back or fought at all or rioted or whatnot, uh, has been the left. Um, you know, with the one exception of January 6th, where, uh, you know, Trumpists rioted. Uh, although there's an interesting oh, documentary coming out in... Trump in, did not China riot.
3: Rivers. Well, there Don't, was a riot there. I mean, there, there was a, a riot. There was a fully peaceful protest. protest.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, but there was elements of it that was a riot. In any event. Yeah, maybe after they, they The got element ran was, ran the, ran was ran the police ran.
3: shooting rubber bullets at them. Yeah.
4: yeah. I think that... Um, I think that when... The uh, backlash comes. It's not going to be pretty. And I think we hope, you know, we hope that, uh, you know, there's some sort of peaceful political solution. Uh, You know, I got to say, you know, Trump's view that these uh, invaders get thrown out uh, in the largest deportation effort in the history of the country. I, I, I don't necessarily believe him. Um, but I want to believe him because that's what it's going to take um, to, uh, you know, we need to demoralize the left. And, and we need to do it in a, a Millet way. Um, he, Millet, the Argentinian president, is is attempting to do a bunch of stuff to defund the left. Um, there's a bunch of demonstrators out there. And now he's saying, OK, well, if you're demonstrating, you don't get welfare. Um, You know, he's just constantly on the attack. And I think
2: that's the only way. I I, I honestly think that's the only way to do it. Attack, attack, attack. We don't have a Millet here. And Trump certainly is not Javier Millet because he had for years and did nothing that Millet did. Nothing of that sort. And everything he says he's going to do if we elect him, he could have done. Again, he had the House and the Senate. For his first two years in office, and he didn't do so, he's a BS artist, and uh, yeah, not going to be getting my vote. Well, I mean, how,
5: he, 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 can he can't you do that all that had, alone. How can you he say to, the he, House and the and Senate when, yeah, when you know, most of the Republicans, most right. of the, the the official Republicans would never do any of the things I that know, I'm well right. aware of mean, by no
2: means, and still. Um, Obama had a pen and a phone, and Trump had the same pen and a phone. And Trump could have shoved it through with executive he, orders, or he, he could have made deals. Wait, what's that? He's the greatest deal maker in history. Believe me, I'll make the greatest deals in 13 seconds. Everyone will be happy. I'm going to make the best deals ever. I hire the best people ever, even though I fired them all a week later and trash them and say they were scum. Um, but yeah, he he did so, so, so little. He did a few decent things. I, I mean,
1: right. I mean, but, listen, he, he did push on Obamacare. It wasn't his, his fault that it didn't get it repealed, right? It was John McCain's no, fault. No, but right?
0: Mike, that's partially the point. If he couldn't do it then, he's not going to be able to do it now. So whether it's his oh, uh, or not, you know, it, a, it depends on what we're talking about.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, can he use his pen and his phone for some things? Sure. He couldn't do it to repeal Obamacare.
0: Um, first of all, had he been a Democrat, he would have figured out a way. Second of all, he won't be able to do anything because he will just keep impeaching him. So him being, by can he, order? Will he like, and can he accomplish more in his second term? Then in a first term, I just want to highlight also that not only are the pro-Palestinians, you know, doing the airports and the Christmas, but they're protesting in front of liberals homes like the defense minister, you know, defense secretary and the uh, head of NSA, I believe, national security guy Sullivan. I mean, what is the left who's being protested again? What do they do? Is there going to be reactions left? They
3: should should call Kavanaugh and see what they should do.
2: Before we even Uh, move on to to that, Trump uh, sometimes did use his total executive order type of power, like pen and phone like Obama, and not do anything legislatively to get stuff done that he really wanted, like banning bump stocks, for instance. He did not even pass a bill banning bump stocks by executive fiat to tell the ATF to redefine machine guns, to redefine bump stocks, a piece of plastic, is to be a machine gun. Now, the ATF, because of his order, defines it as a machine gun. And if you're caught with a bomb stock, you go to prison pretty much forever, I believe, because it violates the NFA. So he did some things, you know, the anti liberty things. He did that by executive order, but he didn't do executive order, you know, didn't use that same method for doing really good things for liberty, which he could have done if they shove it down the throat like Millay.
4: Yes, he reacted uh, to the Las Vegas shooting by lashing out. And the interesting thing is when he lashed out in a way, you know, an unconstitutional way that aligned with the left, no one challenged him, not even Republicans. But when he attempted to lash out, for instance, in favor of closing the border, 82,000 judges and, uh, and uh, you know, groups and Republicans in Congress and everyone tried to stop him from doing that. So I, I do think Trump has this issue where he he didn't he didn't have a plan. He had ideas, but he didn't have a plan in the first term. And he he really screwed himself up. Now I haven't seen evidence that he has uh, changed his ways there is a little bit of evidence that he's a little more organized now, but you know, policy is people, and he really hasn't told us who his people are going to be. So it's it's he hasn't told us who his policies are
3: going to be either.
4: Like I mean. if oh no, he, he puts out policy statements. If now if Stephen Miller is his chief of staff, then I'm voting for the guy. But if some rhino is his chief of staff, then you know, it's, it's hopeless, I'll vote for Kennedy.
0: But look what's going on now with the Nikki Haley as vice president, you know, that issue where his well, son that. sang over his dead body. But I think that would actually kind of make sense that that's gonna happen, so.
4: I, I think it makes oh, political boy. sense, absolutely. I, I mean, I you know, I dislike Nikki Haley, but I think from a political standpoint, he needs to bring in these uh, big donors. And, uh, the right, but Donald Trump Jr. It.
0: is literally saying there's nothing he won't do to stop it. So even within a quote potential uh, Trump administration, sure.
1: I I I think if she accepts that, she destroys her own political future in a way. You can't sit there and honestly, and be like, I, I'm I'm against Trump. You know, I'm against Trump now, and it's chaos and all this stuff. And then tie yourself to
2: the to, to the. And hit. Trump has been one of the there's only been quality for. For conservatives and libertarians, and and those who are not pro war, which is most people now, I believe, the only redeeming quality has been that he's not pro war yeah. everywhere in the world. That's the only. You thing guys, I, I mean, you, I, and if he takes Haley, you guys got to understand
4: that this was just a trial balloon, right? This isn't like this. Somebody in the Republican establishment put this out as a trial balloon. It might not have been Trump. It Might not have even been his campaign. Somebody put it out as a trial balloon to see what would happen. Yeah. Um so don't be fooled by these sorts of things the Nikki right.
1: yeah, Hill but like you that, said I, it doesn't make a lot
0: of sense.
1: I mean Daniel I, I I am curious I think you're probably still the most pro Trump one amongst us. Do yeah. you, do you feel more optimistic that if he is elected again that he he's going to he's going to be even tougher and do some of the things that he didn't really accomplish the first the first time around. Do you think he's learned anything?
5: Well, there, there's signs that he has. I, I worry that he hasn't enough, and I worry that, that you know that his faults are really the opposite of the faults that are described for him, because the the, the fault is that he's far too moderate, and he's and he's far too accommodating, and he will and he will forgive people, um, but. You know, I think there's 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 bits of, of policy that look like they know what the problem is. And, and Steve Bannon's talked about this, you know, that they didn't have, they just didn't have the capacity of replacing all the people that needed replacing with Trumpists. And, you know, they had been working to build an organisation of Trumpists, that can go into those roles now and and i think that's going to be the vital thing that, that if they you know if they if they go across the board and and start saying we're going to put marga people in those roles then that will be a huge difference in what he can do as a president um, and and you know they have set up an organization to develop people who are marga for those roles. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I was, you know, I read about it uh, a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they've sort of put measures in place to try and develop people who are margar people, which is, a, a, you know, a very vital thing. And, um, you know, and, and to change rules on um, getting rid of people uh, or limiting their, their pay if they're federal employees who are actively working against you. And I think those sort of developments are ones that that would really make a difference.
0: Um, Daniel, would you admit that his personnel that he picked were absolutely horrific in his first term? Oh yeah,
5: uh, in many in many cases, yes. But
0: so um, why did, why did I, why I, I do
5: think I, I think people who people who say he didn't do anything, or people who say that um, he didn't do anywhere near enough aren't being realistic about where the rest of the Republican party was through his first term, you know, like 90% of the rest of the Republican party wanted to betray him and wanted him gone, especially the ones, you know, in the Senate. Um, and and it's completely unrealistic to say that he should have, as a one man band, been able to overcome all of that. Right, but it's you unrealistic. Know, he, tried, he tried to, to think negotiate he'll... with them and, you know, he can't. I hate him even more now, Daniel. He's so why naive. is he running? Right, he They can't. hate him even more. Right. Because I, I think, um, you know, there is a vanity element in running, and he wants to, he wants to reverse the failure um, of being ousted. Exactly, but there, and that's the also... problem
3: for me. He's putting himself ahead of what the country needs. And that's not what he ran yeah, on, no, that's not what is, he's is trying to any,
5: run on. I don't see anyone better. I don't see anyone who's going to have more reason to fight the swamp than him. And I don't see anyone who's more likely to put in the measures needed to fight the swamp than him. Certainly the not Santa DeSantis, Bebeck, who went over purple, 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 and, and you know, from. gave his uh, ass viva. to Rhinos at the first opportunity. Viva, viva, when did Mike.
3: DeSantis have an opportunity? Explain that to me. He's had a campaign for six months. I'll be the first to admit his campaign has been weak because he's not attacking Trump the way he should. But how has he, not, how has he blown his chance to show what he can do? He's done more. He did more in Florida than Trump did in, as president.
5: Yeah. And you can do more as a governor where, the you know, you aren't being fought against by vested interests at every turn within that region. Um, in the same way that the the presidency was, and you know, it, it, the governor has more leeway to do what he wants in some ways than the president has. Kind of, like well, he was, like he was fighting was a cultural
2: anyway. battle, and and Florida is a battleground state, so they they were, I mean, they were vicious against DeSantis, called him Death Santis and and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Since he was the first to reopen after COVID and stuff, I have a legal question for for Ed Madlish. Um, <laughs> there's currently a case in the Supreme Court about the taxing unrealized gains we've touched upon in the last few weeks. Dan Bongino and some others are saying that's a Democrat, that's Biden, that's our friend Elizabeth Warren trying to tax unrealized gains. But someone else told me, I think Binney told me, that that was Trump's TJCA, um, that it had in it repatriation type of stuff, which, which could be the same as unrealized gains. Is this Trump or is this Biden that tried to tax unrealized gains?
3: Well, Trump did try to do that with repatriating income, and his the purpose was to try and prevent people from sending money offshore in the first place. That was the that was the theory behind it. If you read the 16th Amendment, it says Congress shall have the power to tax incomes from whatever source derived. I think unrealized gains is within the power of Congress. I think it's a totally asinine idea, and it will destroy the economy overnight if, he, if they try and do that. But... I, I think they have the power to do it if they if they want to.
2: So the case itself is it well, the issue the issue is, is Biden, that, you know, Trump, like, who, did Biden try to tax simulize games? No,
4: it was it was Trump who So signed why is Bill
2: saying that that Biden has tried to tax him, games and the Supreme Court is gonna hear a case? Well,
4: because you pass the law and then it goes to the various administrative organs like the IRS and then the IRS makes um, the actual rules and regulations to implement the law. And even though Trump signed the law that was passed by uh, Congress, partially Republican, partially Democrat, um, it is Biden's uh, IRS that is trying to do this law. And we all know what an S corp is, right? And I have an S corp, the end of the year, any money that's left over in my account, uh, my business account at the end of the year is profit, and I get taxed on that whether I leave it in the business or take it out. So of course I don't leave it in the business; I take it all out. Um, that's what an S corp is. A C corp is where the business um, can keep their unrealized gains, um, and they're they're taxed slightly differently. Um, and of course, you're, they're they're double taxed if they want dividends out, and that's a whole nother. Disaster. So I think what this rule does um, is is it taxes foreign C corps as if they were S corps. That's kind of well, the basic idea. No, I think idea the, I think the I case understood.
3: before the Supreme Court. I mean, w- what you're describing about S corps—that's been partnership taxed since day one. That's the way partnerships are taxed, and most S corps choose to be taxed as a partnership. But I think the case before the Supreme Court is as Alu is talking about, I think it's on that provision from the Trump tax bill on foreign income. And your argument, Ed, that you just mentioned is one of the arguments in favor of sustaining the law, which is this is how partnerships have been taxed since day one. So this isn't really anything No no, no that
4: the, the idea what I'm saying is that these foreign corporations are not partnerships. They're treating non-partnerships as partnerships. But on the other hand, but the statute says to
3: do that. It's not the yeah, IRS, I, I know. it's not the agency. Yeah.
4: Let's step back and you know, let's step back and say this entire um this entire idea that the United States uh, can tax um, American citizens living abroad, earning uh, money abroad is, is ridiculous. And uh, I, you know, we, we can argue that, well, maybe the 16th amendment says it can or not, but uh, whatever, you know, whatever the result of that is, it's, it's, it's evil. It's terrible policy. And um, the United States is the only country uh, that does that. And it's, um, If there's one thing that needs to be you know, repealed in the tax code, well, there's everything in the tax code needs to be repealed. But it's this idea that I'm going to move to France and I'm going to get a job in France and I'm going to pay French taxes. And, oh, yeah, I've got to continue to pay uh, tax to America. I mean, America is not getting – I'm not getting anything from America. I'm living in France. I'm working in France. I'm doing French things. I'm learning French. Why do I have to pay taxes to America? It's the same thing if I move – from California to Virginia. I mean, can you imagine if the same policy was applied to the states? I'd still be paying California taxes from 30 years ago. So it's it's just it's just wrong, um, and it needs to be destroyed.
2: Ed Maslisch, you said, or, or Ed Powell, one of you said, this is already how um, some corporation types are are taxed. I, I didn't know that, but. Partnerships. OK. Um, In general, one of the few things I know about court cases is like the feasibility of something is generally taken into account by courts. Right. So if something's really just not feasible that that is taken into account. Right. I, I didn't know there were already that this really no, happened. Not really.
3: And, and actually, if you if you look at, you know, if you get into legal legal issues, one of the one of the issues that small business owners fight about is something called phantom income where the majority shareholder tr- basically tries to freeze out the minority shareholder by withholding distributions from the entity and, but still having taxes that the minority shareholder is going to S corp owner has to pay. And that's, that's a, that's a tactic that's used. And the, you know, the, the flip side is though, those some States have what's called an oppressed minority shareholder statute, which allows in some cases, the minority shareholder to, File a claim against them, but uh, yeah, this is something that goes on all the time. It's not. But so you unique. wouldn't say this
2: is this is unfeasible. Like I, I don't understand how you can tax realize gains without giving them back if there's a loss. If you don't sell, I, I don't understand it. Well, well
4: yeah, I mean they don't. I mean they just say they don't. That's the answer, right? <laughs>
2: I mean, this would be tyrannical and insane, even for the government, which is tyrannical and insane. This would be, this would be beyond you know anything I think I've seen in the past.
3: Well, in in partnerships, there are some limitations, but they do distribute losses. But there are limitations on what losses can be taken, depending upon the uh, the situation and the type of loss. Um, I don't think they have to give you losses though. I'm I. I mean, I guess I haven't looked at that case law to see if there's. I mean, I think that's just a you know a legislative decision. They they can give it or not give it, as Ed Powell was just saying. They have the power to tax income. I mean, deductions in general are are of what's called legislative grace. They don't have to give you any deductions.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So basically, what that would be saying then is if I got paid $200,000 this year and then right before New Year's, they say, oh my gosh, we were mistaken and we're taking back half, you're saying the IRS would not have to give me back the taxes paid on that money.
3: Well, no. In, in that case, you would file an amended return and you would ask for a refund.
0: But why do they have to would... give it back? He said they don't have to give deductions, not refunds. No. No, but why, but if... if they don't have to give that back, then they don't have to give back you know the thing about the, the unrealized gains and losses. Why is that? Well, different? no,
3: because you, because you, under your hypothetical, you you didn't have the income. The income was taken back from you,
0: right? And that, why is that different than I lost my gain?
3: Because those are two different things.
0: Why is it different? One hundred thousand dollars investment, sort of and now it's, it's yeah, worth one hundred and ten. You take money. And tomorrow it's yeah, worth 80 right. and you don't give me money back. That's exactly the same. That's right. That, that
4: No, that's exactly what the government does. It, it allows you to have, okay. So it was 110, 110 you got taxed on that at the capital gains rate. Then now it's 80, you lost $30,000. You can only deduct 3,000, might be di- slightly different. You only deduct 3,000 of that loss this year, but you can carry over the other 27. And so for each year then the next year you can, you know, um, I understand
0: carrying you over as getting that money. Is it? So if well, you do it with yeah. income, you should be able to do it with this. I'm just saying it's a disaster because at what point do they you an unrealized gains every second, every minute, every hour, like the stock market, which obviously changes minute to minute, second to second. At what point do they steal your money?
3: Well, it's like all other income. It's the end of the tax year, which is, you know, for for a calendar year taxpayer, it's at midnight on December 31st.
4: But think about somebody like Jeff Bezos for a moment, right? He, you know, he he, almost all of his uh, wealth is tied up in Amazon. So, uh, you know, he has, uh, call it $200 billion worth of Amazon stock. And and this year he does really well. And now it's worth $300 billion uh, in Amazon stock. And then he has to pay, uh, you know, the capital gains rate of, you know, whatever, forty percent on that means he has to pay forty billion dollars. Well, he doesn't have to pay forty billion. He doesn't have forty billion dollars. He has to sell Amazon stock into the market, crushing that to pay. uh, And even if it's not him, it's all the other people who. Well, I was about to say that, and Powell.
2: Well, I'm going to say what you're saying, but I think I'm going to say it from a different angle, with a different voice, because with the with the way unrealized games at the end of december 31st at the end of this year if his amazon stock and, and he has you know 100 or 200 billion dollars in amazon and stuff um he's gonna want to sell off and if one so he doesn't have that money number two a sell-off if he sells 10 percent of the entire um uh market share the entire value of amazon that will plummet amazon then all of his actual like gains and and value in amazon will plummet so he'll have less he'll have the cash It'll plummet. And then on January 1st, he could buy it back for cheap. So in like five different ways, he wins and everyone else loses. And then they'll say, the rich don't pay their fair share. They did not pay their fair share. Bernie Sanders. Um, and that's just brilliant. And that's like incentivizing like the biggest roller coasters, boom bust type of stuff in the market. Um, because on December 31st, everyone's going to sell off. Like the big, the big fish, Musk and Bezos and the others will sell off. Um, and then... Have less taxes, buy it back cheap, and not have the unrealized gains problem. I
3: think you're, I think you're under, you're under, you're, you're, you're misstating or underestimating what would happen. That they wouldn't be able to sell off the amount of stock that would be necessary. They would completely crash the market, which is why it's a yeah, terrible crash. policy idea if they did it writ large for the whole economy, as opposed to this narrow uh, foreign income section of the economy. They do it if it were all stock, and they had to, and 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 everybody had to sell in order to be able to pay tax on unrealized gains at the end of the year, they would crash the market the first, the, I don't know what the first week, but definitely within the first year when that was passed, it would completely crash the market. And okay. so I, I think they have the power to do it, but I think it will be terrible policy.
2: And does this apply to all assets, including houses or just stocks, or just certain things, Would this apply to my house?
3: It depends on sure, they, if they wanted it to you. Right. It's a, I, mean, so, I mean, there's so exemptions in the, you know, there is exemptions from taxation for the first $500,000 of gain on a personal residence for a married couple, but, you know, they could, they could repeal that exemption, you know? I mean, they can do what they want. It'll have disastrous consequences, but, you know, the Democrats of the party. Yeah, I mean, disaster, it is, so. it, it is technically a property tax, right?
4: I mean, there it's, it's really not an income tax. It's a property tax, just like you'd get your property tax on your house every year. Um, that is, like, how much is it worth? Now, I, I, I understand that the property tax is on the whole value and not the incremental value, but, you know, basically, it's, they're, they're, they're making you pay rent for the ability to have whatever it is you have, whether it's your house or your car or your stocks or your gold or, or whatever,
2: yeah my health is very i so new That's year's in a few days
5: it's crazy and... that we're discussing this and you guys revolted over attacks on tea isn't it No, i
1: yeah, mean it, it is, is it is
5: true mm-hmm. yeah obviously the
4: revolutionary war was fought on self government rather than <laughs> than tea but i do uh i do get the idea um that in in the Roman Empire, because we've got to have we've got to think of the Roman Empire once a day, right? To keep up with the the TikTok meme, um, the serfs, you know, the obviously there were a lot of slaves, but you know, the free men paid taxes that amounted to two or three days a year of their labor uh, for the Roman Empire, and the slaves obviously were worse off. And even in the in the Middle Ages, um, where the serfs would work, they would only work, you know, two days out of the six and a half days that they worked um, for their masters. Uh, and and so, you know, in the United States, the productive people pay more taxes than medieval serfs, and way more taxes than freemen in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And it, it's you know,
0: it. I don't know how we got. To this so how would the January disaster? six model have treated the Tea Party years back in seventeen
4: seventy three? Oh, the whole thing would have been rolled up
0: and uh, thrown in prison. Yeah, right. I mean, so America was founded, in a sense, on rioting and domestic terrorism. Yeah, no, well, I mean,
3: it was rebellion. I mean, the There's... Boston Tea Party was actually a very orderly event. It wasn't a riot at all. Uh, But there were, let's be honest, there
4: were riots. They they did uh, do things like tar and feather tax collectors, which is definitely an American tradition that we ought to bring back. Um, But (laughs) but uh, and you know, so that's that's violence, right? And that that they would uh, the our our masters now would uh, would collect everybody who was involved in the tarring and feathering and, and put them in the DC jail for.
0: I I believe the United States was founded on the hope or expectation that citizens would never be meek lambs and they would always hold their representatives accountable. And that's why it doesn't work anymore, because we are lambs right
5: now. Do you know what one of the very first things Henry VIII did um, on his accession to the throne was to execute his father's two most efficient tax collectors? it was a very popular move it wasn't getting married i was going to say before <laughs> after <laughs> no, he, one he, of he
4: the
0: ex- other ex- things
4: other uh, one of the other things hank eight did was that the 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 courts had become so corrupt that he created a, a new court that could be um you know less corrupt called the star chamber and and uh yeah. it it, the point of it was to be less corrupt, less payoff, less um, conflicted, like you know our all our our buddies in the DC courts. Now, of course, it eventually got uh, perverted to be used, um, you know, in an unjust way. Um, but there are always there, there are always attempts to like try to be a problem, and then and then. You know, try to figure out a way around it. But if if the society is going downhill, there's nothing to stop it from going downhill. Rather, other than you know, a complete a complete turnaround. Uh, you know, and I think Elizabeth the first was the complete turnaround there. And, and to a certain extent, the United States turned around under Ronald Reagan. Um, it was it was very bad. Those of us who lived through the 70s, um, as far as politics and economics. The 60s and 70s. Um, And things did, you know, turn around under Reagan and under Clinton. And yet the seeds were set in both.
3: How can you say Reagan and Clinton can you say Reagan and Thatcher?
4: Well, okay, (laughs) Thatcher in the United Kingdom. But I mean, Bill Clinton wasn't a half bad president, but the seeds were set in both Reagan and Clinton's. Um, for all of our problems, right?
1: The the country was still center-right when Clinton was around, and he had at least some common sense to back down from the cliff, especially with his wife trying to push um, Hillary care at the time and everything like that. The country, obviously, the Overton window hadn't moved enough for them yet. Yeah. (laughs) That way. Um, Yeah, but Clinton, he was just a survivor. You know what I mean? He he just... he just wanted the glamour I of the disagree.
3: office. I think Clinton. Clinton was a frat boy. He wanted. He oh, wanted yeah, to he was that too. He, he wanted to. He wanted to be president uh, so he could get laid and get rich. He didn't yeah, have he any. Wanted the, he wanted to
1: be the, the head next head, the next uh, JFK.
3: Whereas Hillary and, in and in the case, rest of them yeah. are, are
1: ideological. Know, of course, JFK's wife was was straight. So there's that.
5: It's a, difference between a, it's a difference between a pragmatic <laughs> crook and an ideological crook, isn't it, really? If you look at the well difference between a, a Clinton and an Obama, you know? Yeah. yeah. They're both crooks, yeah, no, I mean- but, but one of them is actually sincere in but- some of the insanity, which is more dangerous.
3: Ed, what did you
1: mean by the the seeds for stuff were being sown? Then, what did you mean? Okay, so
5: the the
4: the seeds of destruction of the United States were sown in both of their things Uh, in the in the Reagan administration. Of course, he he passed the uh, illegal immigration amnesty, and while I give Reagan, uh, you know, Reagan and Thatcher and Pope John Paul and whatnot a lot of credit for the fall of the Soviet Union, which is which was great. Um. You know his his uh, his amnesty for illegals really set the stage for the huge influx of illegals. Both at the time, uh, right. people coming over and then claiming to have been there for ten years, which is or whatever the law said, and then leading up till today. And of course, Clinton um, was you know his he had many venal sins. Right, his mortal sin was that he was bought and paid for by the Chinese. And so he um, he he allowed the Chinese to come into the you know the World Trade Organization. He set that up, um, and uh, you know so he, he also started in, that the bribery. Sense, in that. Well, yeah, I mean, he certainly was bribed by the Chinese. He was owned by the Chinese. They Huge amounts of Chinese money came into to Clinton, and and what they wanted, he gave them, and what that ended up happening um, and the republicans bear a large part of the responsibility for this too because um because president bush was president w was was just as bad was the hollowing out of american manufacturing um by shipping a lot of manufacturing to china so that was clinton's seeds of destruction but when you're when you're there you know when you're when you remember the 90s you think of you know relatively good times Relative peace, we uh, he he got the United States involved in the um, in the Balkan wars, which was a stupid idea, just like Bush got us involved in Iraq, which was a stupid idea, or kept us involved in Afghanistan. Um, but uh, you know, and all of these are coming back to haunt us. And if the United States has this terrible um, habit of creating its own next enemy, right? You know, so, I mean, it, the Nazis were our enemy. So what we do is we prop up the Soviets who then become our enemy. So then we prop up the Mujahideen in Afghanistan and then they become our enemy. And then we, you know, the, the Iranians become our enemy after we prop them up. And and now um, we're propping up the, uh, the globalists. Doms, um, Dom yeah. You know, we we propped up Saddam and he became our enemy and and now the, where did we the where did we prop up the Soviets
1: Maybe I missed that. <laughs> Explain uh, that. That was right. during the Second World War, dude. Uh, well, no, Soviets, I mean, I wouldn't call that. Propped, were, I wouldn't uh, call that propping them up as much as the the enemy of the enemy. I mean,
3: uh, <laughs> more than prop them up, we saved their asses. Yeah. Well, that, I mean. That, it, that Without lend uh, Hitler is in. It would have taken uh, Moscow.
1: I listen. I'd love to believe that it if it weren't for America, if it weren't for Churchill, we don't win the war. But let's be real. If there's not the Soviets on the other flank, we it right, might not be the, the way using, that it did.
3: But the Soviets were using American war material. Without yeah. without lend-lease and American war material, they would have been they would have been blown away.
4: Yeah, the thing about the war material was airplanes and trucks. The Soviets had great tanks, but the, they used American airplanes and they used American trucks. And that the whole logistics and air power was all um, American made. So it's, it, yes, they did, you know, they fought bravely. The Russians fought bravely against the Nazis. I'm not going take any credit away from them, um, but there's a difference between fighting bravely and, and, you know, actually being able to move stuff forward during an advance. And that was, uh, that was very much an American thing. So in any event, I, you know, I, I guarantee that whoever our next uh, destroyer is we're propping them up right now.
1: You mean like Ukraine? Well, I mean, no,
4: I mean, China, I mean, we propped up China, we allow them to take all of our manufacturing and then we oh, invested yeah. all this money in them and whatnot. I mean, yeah. the, Roth the Perot was is, right.
1: We know it's
4: a,
5: it's you a know, terrible have, thing. Have you, have you read the, the stuff about when the, the Chinese were first looking to, to sort of say, right, okay, how can we incorporate capitalism and, and within a communist system? and kind of harness that energy, harness that wealth creation, but have our totalitarian control still and that not be threatened. The the person who went to them and consulted with them and advised them on constructing a Western-style economy was Klaus Schwab of the WEF, yeah. mm-hmm. one of the earliest missions of the WEF.
4: It makes you an isolationist when you realize how badly our foreign policy has <laughs> uh, has been over the last eighty years or
1: so. It's more just, than that, you um, know, pretty much.
4: Yeah, and, and again, in World War One,
5: you know, it, we we uh, I think we, that's the biggest the, the China thing as well. To me, that's that's a far bigger indictment of Nixon than Watergate. You know, Watergate was kind of, but in modern terms now, if you look at what is done now by everyone and by globalists, Watergate was a nothing. And, uh, you know, and and actually having the policy of wanting to draw China into the world economy was far more damaging.
3: Nixon did a whole lot of damage. We could do a whole show on all the damage Nixon did.
1: Nixon, yeah. No question. Well, getting back to Reagan for a minute, I mean, obviously, the immigration thing was one of his biggest mistakes. But, you know, that being said, I think there are powerful forces in the ruling class, really on both sides of the ideological spectrum, if you want to call it that, that want it. And we know that. There's always been big business interests, presumably on the right, that that want that. And Democrats see votes. And no matter what Reagan did in 1986, I think we're going to you know get to the point where we are now because that's what they want. They want an open border.
4: Yeah, the thing about the amnesty other than the fact that it was wrong in principle um was the idea that um you know you had to show proof that you were in the country yeah. for so many years and what ended up happening is that millions of people uh went across the border like running up to it and then after it and they just faked yeah. their residency and, and they like, okay, that's fine. You know, every, yeah. and it was the bureaucracy just, and this was so, under Reagan and
1: Bush the elder that they're yeah. they like,
4: Oh no. Yeah. Whatever you can stay.
1: Well Reagan's principle of trust, but verify needed to be applied to that. Yeah. <laughs> Which it wasn't. It's the same thing when you go back to the Tefra Act of nineteen eighty three, where there were supposed to be so many spending cuts for every tax tax uh, reduction. Um, you know, these things, of course, never transpired.
4: Oh, and the SNL crisis, right? I mean, that was yeah. That was all very much uh, due to, um, uh, you know, the
3: deregulating interest rates and deregulating. The lending abilities of savings and loans.
4: Well, it it was it was more, um, yeah. The savings and loans are supposed to, you know, have mortgages and take deposits, and then they allowed them to speculate, and so the the casino, you know, went. uh, You know, it's it's everybody go to Vegas then, and that's what caused the the problem.
1: Yeah. Wasn't McCain knee-deep anyway. in that at the time, or am I misremembering? Oh,
3: yeah. Okay. No, McCain didn't get into the Senate until 86.
1: He was involved in one of the banking scandals, wasn't he? I'm App scandal. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But he was a war hero, so now let us say that.
1: I know. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, I want to ask our European correspondent, while we have him, um, what went wrong in Prague? Don't they have gun control? Who are you asking? There, Dan, you, Dan.
1: Europe,
0: European correspondent. Hey. Foreign correspondent right, from yeah. Europe. He I mean, lives I mean, in England. Only in America. Yeah,
5: I yeah. Um, students, right? Yeah, I, I um, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask this because, unlike most Europeans and and a lot of um, you know, British people, um, I don't think Americans are crazy over guns, and I and. You know, and I, I do. I do stupid things. Like look at the fact that that you know the worst gun crime rates are in the, the states with the and the cities with the strictest controls. And you know, and uh, and once you do that, you realise that, that the correlations that you're supposed to believe in and that most Europeans believe in aren't there. Um, you know, so uh, I, I can understand wanting to own firearms when all the criminals do. And, you know, I I can understand thinking that maybe it protects you a little bit from government tyranny. My point with it is that I don't think it does. I don't think it does protect you from government tyranny and that America today is the proof of that, um, because most people aren't prepared to use those guns. Uh, you yeah, know, they're, and they're, they're not... They're not they're they're um, until you're actually in not the attac-
1: heat they're not, they us the they're, 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 yeah. they're not attacking us militarily. They're not attacking us militarily. That's the difference. Right?
5: Uh, well, yeah, but you say they're that. They're using then, other tools you know, in
1: their arsenal to attack us.
5: <laughs> someone, someone taps away angrily and, you know, says stupid things about Biden, yeah. and then the next day the, the uh, FBI are on their doorstep shooting them to death. You know, it's the, you could say that they're being attacked militarily. Um, so, um. I I don't think guns protect you from tyranny in the modern world unless there's a huge group of you that are remember it's the right to bear arms,
1: not just guns, let's say, right? So there are there are people out there that believe that citizens have every right to the same weapons that the United States military has at their disposal. So you know, And if you do subscribe to that belief, I think things would be somewhat more neutralized. Um, well, I've, I've got some, let's I've face got it: some the government has has greater weapons of war than we do as citizens.
5: Yeah. Well, my <laughs> um, my my um, my wife's sister is married to a American uh, capitalist, and uh, I, he he told me something the other day which I hadn't heard, which was a a kind of concept of a, 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 a of um, private nuclear weapon ownership and, yeah. and like a kind of running joke amongst yeah. libertarians about, you know, everything will be fine when it, everyone has access to a nuclear weapon. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't believe. Yeah.
3: But... Well, I think Alu is one of those people. He was here a little while ago. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Too bad
1: yeah. he's I, not I, here he now.
0: Yeah, well, I, know. I think he would have fact, enjoyed this one. If we're arguing, should I have a right to own a nuclear weapon? I 100% believe I should.
1: There you go.
4: It's kind of hard to make, have to buy it. I'm and sorry. they quite expensive. They're they're very difficult to manufacture. So it's I not assume, something we're going to make. I assume Jenkins your...
0: could buy a nuclear weapon. Could he not? Say again? Jeff Bezos, I assume, could buy a nuclear weapon.
4: I I assume if he could find a vendor, he could probably buy a nuclear weapon. Right,
5: and I don't. Why would he need I, I, I would, it? Why would he I need would it?
4: Think, he does much more destruction I, I using think, Amazon.
5: I would think most modern billionaires would consider a, a nuclear weapon nowhere near destructive enough. Well, they have the um, means to no. why, why have a why have a nuclear weapon when you could have the the New York Times? Exactly, I I
3: was going to say, why have a nuclear weapon when you can just pick up the phone and call the White House?
5: Yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, Biden said many times that they have F-15s
5: and uh, we can't fight them anyway, so. That's right. I'm not, you know, I I, I said the the Prague thing. um, I I know very little about it. And, uh, but, you know, it doesn't surprise me that these events can happen where there are strict gun laws.
0: Right, but they won't wake uh, up in more than California does, right? They'll just try to make it stricter, stricter, stricter. And then someday they'll outlaw murder, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> it, it does make me it laugh like that, her... they, that, they, that they think that um people who are prepared to kill a lot of other people and, you know, innocent people will be sticklers for the law and, and will obey the law. You know whatever it is about guns, because because you know mass murderers always obey the laws, don't they?
0: Well, that's one of the arguments against the left. But the left, my beliefs there just won't be any guns around, and no one will be able to find them on the black market. Unlike (laughs) abortion, which if you let people will always find on the black market. Yeah. So, but they don't have to make sense of things. So I just want to mention before I turn everything over to you guys, the shocking, absolutely shocking story. You should not hear this story if you have a weak heart. Out of California, that now that minimum wage has gone up again, they're laying off all the Pizza Hut delivery <laughs> delivery work.
1: <laughs> that's go. That's like going golf. And you- listen, we applaud it's that, is- but.
0: I saw in New York, it just went up to 16 bucks an hour. Yeah. The minimum wage in the city, Westchester, and I believe Nassau County, I'm not sure, not the whole state, which obviously is going to kick up everything else. And everybody thinks that's not going to yeah. have repercussions. I, well, I, for, first of
1: all, I, I we should never call it the minimum wage. It's the government mandated wage. So, like that. Minimum we're, wage we're, is we're, zero. We're, we're, that's correct. That's the other point I was going to make. The real minimum wage, the real mandated wage is zero for all those jobs that don't exist anymore, like, like those Pizza Hut drivers will be gone, and all the other jobs that would exist otherwise. And ultimately, it's people who are in the lower rung of the economic spectrum that get hurt, and, and also especially teenagers, right, who are looking for their first experience getting a job, getting experience, learning skills. It hurts them. Uh, but yes, the real real wage is Europe.
0: You know, again, those in charge are dumb or don't care and are doing it on purpose because it's so obvious what anybody's going right. to do if they own a company. I mean, come on.
1: Well, they're, they're pandering to the economically illiterate, let's face it, right?
0: Which they're at the exact same time educating them to be economically illiterate. Yeah. So it's a perfect... A perfect storm.
1: But again, as a company, that's what they, they should be doing. I mean, you know, otherwise what? I mean, one of the companies said they're going to raise prices. I mean, how far you can you go? You know, people are going to pay $20 for a Whopper?
0: Well, eventually, listen, Biden has already said it. It's the company's fault for raising prices. It's not, <laughs> it's not inflation. They should just stop raising prices. Yeah. So that was good. Um, now, Michigan has refused to throw Trump off the off the ballot, which is interesting. Which again, now, Ed M., I believe you clarified that the where was the Colorado ruling does not take in any effect, right?
3: There's a stay in place until January fourth. I haven't reviewed. No, that's what not say what say it
4: thought. says. That's not what it says.
3: What There's a stay
4: say? in place until January 4th, and the state continues unless the Supreme Court um, affirms the uh, decision. So basically, it's 213 pages of TDS and no actual effect, because I doubt the Supreme Court will rule at all, much less affirm the, uh, the decision by January 4th. So it's, it's basically stayed indefinitely.
3: If that's what the stay says, then I wonder if the Supreme Court would even have jurisdiction to hear it, because it would probably be a moot case.
4: I think there is a case there. Um, I don't know what whether this... I think this was a final ruling rather than a preliminary injunction, but I think there is no, definitely a, a
3: final ruling
4: um i i would bring up the page but i did not think we were going to talk about this but it's like page 9 on in the decision go look at it it's it's worded weirdly um but it, it i do not believe that it has any effect and i think that it's um i think that it's
0: just 200 pages of tds So not worth getting upset about, really. Well, it's worth getting
4: upset about because obviously, you know, the press ran with the whole story, and uh, and it just it's another one. Um, it's, it's another one of these. You know, Trump is guilty of insurrection. Uh, right. You know, Trump. Even if Trump it doesn't have any in actual,
3: even if it doesn't have actual effect, the, maybe the actual effect is to set the precedent that this is an okay ruling.
0: Right, but balance that with the fact that it just gets more people on the other side angry enough to go out and vote for the vote for Trump, even if they hate his guts.
3: Well, that's a whole other ball of wax. I mean, that to me, that's demented.
0: What's demented?
3: Thinking that you have to vote for Trump just because they're picking on him.
0: It's not demented, and whether I'll do it or not, my heart moves in that direction. My brain may stop that, but i mean i'm not a lot of people in america are going to feel that way whether they act on it or not yeah it's definitely That's one it. of those things
4: where you think um you know if you if you believe that uh you know a substantial amount of of voter fraud happened in in 2020 and that um had anybody looked at the voter fraud the election would have gone a different way um, so you're already upset about that. And then you see them doing this to try to prevent him from even running again in 2024. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, people like that think that Trump is the rightful president. And, uh, and if he's the right. rightful president, then he about, deserves to be president.
3: You talk about something like TDS. That whole argument is a complete non sequitur. I believe that the election was stolen from him. I don't think that makes him the best candidate for president. It's a job interview. It's it's who's the best guy. Not yeah, who's the guy the- who got ripped off. I mean, just because he got... Uh, I, I stipulate, he got ripped off. They've they've treated him like garbage. They've
4: treated him... So if you him- get ripped off, what's the... Uh- if you get ripped off, um, what's the uh, remedy?
3: Well, it depends on what I'm ripped off about. But I mean, if someone steals a hundred dollars, I can get my hundred dollars back. But there you go. That's not. That's it. But that's, that's the. That's the argument. No. Right. No. There. That's, that's not the argument. argument. That's a stupid argument. Ed. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm, I mean, we're trying to find the best person to be president. We're not trying to reward so to, to to reward someone. Who had something stolen? The, his, from
1: the, the remedy was to go to court and try to get it fixed. Get it fixed through the political, or get it fixed through the political process, uh, as he was pushing Pence to do, and and everything like that with certifying the, the electors and and everything like that. And it failed. Sometimes you don't get justice.
0: Sometimes. Right. <laughs> well,
3: you know what? I mean, some of us on this panel have kids. Not everybody, but some of us do. And one of the lessons you have to teach your kids is that sometimes the bad guys win and you have to Life move on. Fair, yeah. It doesn't mean that you that you applaud it. It doesn't mean that you some agree times.
1: with it. But
3: sometimes <laughs> y- y- you just have to move on, that the bad guys won. And that's what happened in 2020. The bad guys won. And it's not just Trump. It's, it's a lot of Trump supporters. They can't get past the fact that that the bad guys won and the game is over. Well, You know, I still know people that think that Trump is going to return to the presidency this year, that, that Biden is illegitimate and that somehow, some way Trump is orchestrating a Napoleonic type of return. The whole
4: QAnon thing is is still going on. I haven't.
3: haven't It's not QAnon. I mean, I'm thinking of some people right now and they're not QAnon. They just, that's what they believe. And it's, It's a complete Um, nonsense.
1: Yeah, there are still some Trump cultists out there. Let's be real. So, what are they going to do? Yeah,
0: actually, I think Uh, it would be better. Yeah, but
5: I, 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 I don't see how you can say any of the the people, certainly the candidates that have come forward for the Republican Party. All right, Vivek says some good things. Um. Uh, are any of them stronger than Trump? I don't think so. How are they stronger? We, they, we, we have, have the gravity. I
3: think DeSantis is stronger. I don't think Vivek is stronger. I think if Vivek were a transcript and we were just reading his words, he would be stronger. He says he says a lot of good things. Yeah, but he doesn't come across well, and I, I don't get well, the impression. I, I think as hard as Trump has had a, in making friends in Washington, I think Vivek would have an even harder time making friends in well, Washington. Well, sometimes
1: Vivek comes across as a little contrived at times and it's it's hard to sit there and wonder how authentic he is. I think he 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 sees the niche that he can play and he's playing it. I know you think maybe uh you know he's doing Trump's bidding also so there's that. But it's hard to trust any of them. I mean
5: to me, has <laughs> said the right things at times but I, yeah. You know, I agree with Mike. He's got that um, possible insincerity there. And DeSantis has run a god-awful campaign and looked incredibly incompetent. So who is stronger? Who is stronger? There isn't anyone stronger. Let, stronger. No, I don't, I don't, let, I don't think any of them really are in a sense. Let's have that conversation have like Iowa. None of them
1: have the same gravitas. There, there's no question about that, but it's a question of whether that's something republican the, the electorate cares about you know what i mean maybe we need a um you know another another calvin coolidge or whatever you know what i mean Some, somebody who's silent cow we're willing to live with this time around the yeah
5: you, know. you know i think more I mean, than i don't, cow, think, that, I I don't think... think the polling figures are completely nuts or anything like that i think they do reflect that none of these other people—they've had the opportunity. None of them have been able to come anywhere near close to Trump. None of them have persuaded the majority yeah. of uh, um, Republican voters. Yeah. I mean, well, you I know, should... where is the, the Daniel, candidate these... isn't so much stronger than Trump that you've got to switch to them? Um, Daniel, why are percentage... these
3: polls more reliable than the polls that showed Hillary having a ninety-eight percent chance of winning? I
5: mean. The
3: pollsters that we're talking about are fraudulent liars. Yeah, okay.
4: Ed, the, I'm I'm sorry. The pollsters are wrong, and the pollsters play games, but the pollsters play single-digit games, not 50%
0: games. Well, no, yeah. Ed just you asked know. from the 98% chance.
5: That is not yeah. single-digit. That, that wasn't <laughs> pollsters, was it? That was a... Uh wasn't that based on a some stupid computer model? That wasn't an actual pollster.
3: He said I don't believe that, that, that these polls are accurate read. either for a variety of reasons.
1: We'll see. Well, we're we'll going to find out so, soon enough. Yeah. Yep.
3: Well, so, I guess I'll I do,
1: have to I, eat I my MAGA to, hat if yeah.
4: Trump loses Iowa.
1: I, I do tend to agree with something Ed he said on the last show, which is I don't know that New Hampshire and and and, and Iowa matter that much. I think p- recent history has shown it doesn't necessarily matter that much. But I think South Carolina is going to be the bellwether. As to well, whether we're getting Trump I, again I think
3: Iowa and New Hampshire matter a lot if Trump wins. If Trump wins Iowa and New Hampshire, it's over. Well, then
1: it's over. But if, if he doesn't win there, I don't think it matters as much. I think we've seen uh, in, in past cycles where South Carolina is kind of a turning point.
3: Well, and South Carolina is a very, very pro-Trump state. I, yeah. I, I've I've gone on record saying that I think DeSantis is going to win Iowa and New Hampshire. I, I think Trump is going to win South Carolina, unless unless the shattering of his inevitability changes the whole race, which
1: is- I mean, who, who's going to awesome. upset him? Who's going to capable of upsetting him in South Carolina? If he loses in
3: Iowa and New Hampshire, anybody-
1: Probably Nikki Haley, best chances, given that
3: I think I think any of them. DeSantis could beat him. Vivek. I mean, it depends on who wins. Who who you mean tell me who comes out of Iowa and New Hampshire? How do those turn yeah. out? Then I'll tell you who could beat him in South in, in South Carolina.
0: <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> Isn't it pitiful though? That again, out of three hundred and thirty million people, these are the two we get, and we all know it'll be over before ninety percent of the states have any say in it at all. How sad.
1: Been that way in New Jersey my whole life. We're, we're in very, June and it, it's never strange. made it that far.
3: Yep. Well, very, you know, that's why the DNC wanted to change the order of the primaries. They think that Iowa and New Hampshire shouldn't be determining it for the
0: country. Maybe, 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 maybe you're going uh, to agree New with Hampshire. the DNC.
1: I don't know that New Hampshire and Iowa have determined it. In they
0: don't, but it's it's this legend kind of thing. They don't. Yeah. Statistically, they don't.
1: It's usually by Super Tuesday, right? By Super Tuesday... We usually- you
0: really do want small states in the beginning
4: so that not, candidates without large name recognition can campaign door-to-door and try to get uh, movement going. I mean, can you imagine if California was the first state? I mean, it's crazy. You do want small states like Iowa or New Hampshire. Um, it's, it's, it's a way that you know, you get, it's a way to give small candidates a chance. I mean, you know, maybe, uh, maybe DeSantis will win Iowa. Maybe Vivek will win New Hampshire. You know, maybe, I don't know. But in that sense, it it gives them a chance against uh, the 800 pound gorilla. So it's, it's not the worst system. Yeah. Maybe at one point that's what
0: it was done for, but. I don't believe that anyway. I don't believe anything's done for positive reasons.
5: Okay. I, this, up. I, this, I think you should take that as shocked agreement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, guys, what didn't we get to?
1: Good question.
0: Lots of stuff. There's a lot of stuff,
1: so let's hit it. Go ahead, Ed P. Hit it. Oh,
4: Lord. Uh, I guess, um, you know, there's been a bunch of of, uh, really bad gun rulings lately. I think we talked about some um, where the courts have, have, Basically ignored the Bruin decision and the standard which Bruin lays out for um, firearms cases, and have just gone ahead and uh, and ruled that uh, novel restrictions with no uh, you know with no history um, are perfectly constitutional. Uh, whether it's against uh, so-called assault weapons or whether it's against um, you know magazine sizes or uh, suppressors, or um, we mentioned earlier the the bump stocks, but there's also the hand braces, and so it's really uh, when we when we saw Bruin last year, and we're thinking, finally, we're finally going to you know have a have a reasonable win, and and people um, are are going to you know sort of leave guns alone for a while. No, the left never tires; they never tire.
0: Ed, no Ed I got a show for Liberty Block because it was a Liberty Block article around the time of Bruin that said it makes absolutely no difference what the Supreme Court rules because the liberals don't care, and Time is pointing Yeah, they it's don't. Not care. for the first time, they don't care. Why should they care? By the way, I think there was a there was an injunction against uh, Kathy
4: Hochul, uh basically. I, th- I think or was it Massachusetts one one New York or Massachusetts where they basically decide or uh, you know made every place in all all, all state a, a sensitive place where you can't well, carry New
0: York, New York basically um, did that yeah
4: yeah, and uh, I think there was some
0: sort of rule yes yes they, they ruled it's, against that, but then they said you can still use character as a test. Yeah. So it it, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares what the Supreme Court says unless they rule in their direction. So,
3: But see, you guys are whining about that. That's the way it's supposed to work. Why do we want the left's game? The framers didn't make the Supreme Court the final arbiter of what is liberty. We should take that recipe, we should take that lesson from the left, and we should start ignoring decisions that we don't agree with. And we should start passing new statutes that mimic the statutes that get struck down, and bottle them up the way they bottle us up. The left is playing the Constitution better than we are in that respect. And we shouldn't complain about it. The
0: left has guts because nobody holds the left's feet to the fire, and everybody holds the right's feet to the fire. If a Republican government would be retarded and feathered. I think in this instance,
3: it's more than guts. They're showing intelligence. They're showing an understanding of how the Constitution is supposed to work. Right. We're supposed I
0: don't, to push back.
3: How many not, times have we all complained on this show that the Republicans don't push back?
0: They're not well, brighter necessarily, but even if the Republicans had brains, they don't have guts, even if they had brains. so
3: This is pushback against the judiciary, and that's exactly what the framers expected. That's what we should be doing. That's what Republicans should be doing. That's what Republican states should be doing. That they don't if do it lucky, is an indictment of them.
0: If we're lucky, we'll get one or two jurisdictions here or there to do it. But, you know, again, what will the media do with it, et cetera? Who knows? Does it matter? But I I totally agree with you. The left fights and the right doesn't. And again, you know, uh, it's it, it,
5: blocking JFK, not the right. It, it, again, it's aided by having no actual principles but power, isn't it? Because, you know... If the Supreme Court rules the, their way, then the Supreme Court is the most sacred institution there's ever been, mm-hmm. uh, and its rulings are divine writ. But if it rules against them, then it's an irrelevant distraction packed with Republicans and should never be followed. Right. So, right. you know, that's just but who part of that the- that narrative?
3: The Republicans do.
5: You know, I was just, yeah. I just a couple of days ago saw
3: that Texas- is debating whether they should pass a statute that will allow the, will allow the state to enforce federal uh, immigration law. Now that's exactly the statute that Obama's DOJ took to the Supreme court from Arizona. Yep. Uh, the, the I forget the number, but it was the exact same principle and the Supreme court struck it down and they're dithering over whether they should pass it again in, in Texas. And my answer is pass it again, make them keep going, make them, file another lawsuit, make them litigate it, and maybe the Supreme Court will change its mind. And maybe they don't. And if they don't, then let New Mexico or let Arizona pass it again. Keep doing it. That's what the left does. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to sit down and say, oh my God, the Supreme Court has spoken and it's divine writ. We're supposed to say, F you, Supreme Court, you got it wrong and we're going to keep going, just like the left does. That's what we're supposed to do.
4: Oh, and I I have one other thing. I agree, obviously. I I have one other thing that I was just reminded of. Um, There has been a Russian diplomatic plane sitting at Dulles for the last two-plus days, Um, and uh, it was tracked out of St. Petersburg, you know, in and around the Baltic to the United States. Um, I have a feeling that a... Truce, ceasefire, armistice, or something is in the works for Ukraine. I think the Israel war has, uh, and the Houthis and and whatnot have have uh, have garnered overtaken a lot. Oh yeah, overtaken uh, the support that and the fact that the um, Ukrainian army was not able to put together uh, effective combined armed offensive last. Summer. I think both the Ukrainians and the Russians are sort of exhausted. And uh, I think uh, someone in, uh, you know, the Russians wanted a truce almost immediately. Ukrainians wanted a truce. It was negotiated first by Turkey. Then there was a negotiated settlement by Israel. And both times the United States said no. Joe Biden said no. Let's kill more Russians. Let's kill more Ukrainians. Both times, it was Joe Biden on the side of death. And uh, I think maybe someone a little more mature has realized that uh, this, this war isn't going anywhere and maybe there ought to be some sort of peace. I don't know what kind of peace it's going to be. I know it's going to be a hard peace for the Ukrainians. But the truth of the matter is I have a feeling I have a feeling the Russians are willing to um, retreat a lot if certain conditions are made. And, and keeping uh, NATO and out. The question keeping NATO out, keeping Western arms out, keeping Crimea, keeping the you know, two areas in the east that they control that are mostly Russian speaking.
3: Well, what um, about what about the Biden administration's threat to nationalized like what is it like three three hundred billion dollars or something of, of Russian assets that they've got here.
4: Yeah, they get all that back. Yeah, they're yeah, they'll want all that back. They want all the sanctions lifted. You know, I you name it. I'll bet they're willing to trade a lot of the territory they gained for all that back. And I think that's a perfectly reasonable piece. Um and I think we should you know, I, I, you know, any rational being should jump at the chance, um, to make peace. There's no, there's absolutely no upside for, uh, a, a war in Europe. Um, the, the Russians, you know, we, not only we should make peace with the Russians, we should try and make them our friends. Um, we have a lot more in common with the Russians than, um, we have for the Saudi dictatorship or, you know, the, uh, the Chinese or, uh, any, any of these other horrible countries that we are quote unquote friendly with, um, hopefully smarter minds will prevail.
0: Are we really running out of ammunition as a country?
4: I've run out of ammunition. Wow. Oh, you know, the interesting, oh, here's another interesting thing. I, sorry to prolong this, but, um, We used to have naval ships called destroyer tenders. And what they were are ships with um, reloads for our destroyers. Our destroyers have uh, these vertical launch missile systems, and they have some number of missiles, and that's something like 100 or whatever. I don't know. Um, But once they shoot all 100 missiles, then they're completely useless. So we used to have these destroyer tenders that could go out and, and reload like at sea. We got rid of them all. So we don't have any destroyer tenders now. So we've got these four or five destroyers in the in the Red Sea shooting two million dollar missiles at twenty thousand dollar drones. Um, and when they run out of missiles, I mean Raytheon likes it, but I mean the it, from a war fighting perspective, that this is just a disaster, especially war fighting in the Pacific. I mean, if you have to go all the way back to port to get reloaded. And you're in the Pacific. I mean, it's 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 crazy that the the damage that was done to the U.S. military under um, Bush, Obama, and to a certain extent Trump is just incalculable. Uh, and I I just I the stupidity of everything is just. I, I well, just can not because
0: some of us on this show have said many times it's on purpose and it's been a great success on their part. So yeah. yeah. This story so, sorry about this is getting a tremendous amount of play in Israel. I don't know if it's getting play here. Um, what's his name? Erdogan or Erdogan, comparing Netanyahu and in Israel to Hitler and the Nazis and stuff. Is that getting play over here? I've heard it, but it's a big, big story in Israel, and Israel's hitting back. Like, <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> mass killings of civilians <laughs> when you're bombing yeah. the Kurds, and you're. Bo- it's really interesting, and especially because Turkey, unfortunately, is still a member of NATO. And at what point, you know, like people have said, if Israel and Turkey went at it, America would have to fight for Turkey.
4: When Turkey, you know, The standard play in diplomatic relations is to be is to be try to be friends with the guy on the other side of your enemy. So Syria is the enemy of Israel. So they had a very strong, friendly relationship with Turkey for many, many years, both militarily and industrially and whatnot. Um, They were friends with Turkey. But that is turning around now because As of it's a religious you know, the war, it Muslim, is
0: because of the Muslim
4: religion. solidarity, yeah. Muslim solidarity.
0: Right? Exactly, Daniel. Happy Thursday! Happy uh, Thursday. Um, Thank you. What's on your mind?
5: Um, it, I, I think like there was one minor thing which I, I know that some of us are skeptical of polls, <laughs> um, but there was. There was one that was interesting, which I thought, which, which was kind of youth turning against Biden um, for for not being uh, insane enough, you know, and, and that's on the issue of Israel and Hamas and, you know, that they feel betrayed by the Biden administration being slightly less nuts than they are. Um, and, you know, it, it's this kind of this thing we always see with with the left and have done ever since the, the um, French Revolution. And, you know, the, the kind of the the people who start off the madness uh, end up falling victim to the madness themselves. And, you know, there's a little bit of that creeping in, in terms of the attitudes of um, Generation Z and, and just how absolutely batshit crazy we've made our youth. Um, uh, that that even a kind of Biden administration isn't mad enough for them um, you know and, and and this is something that's got long term lots of repercussions unless those people change because you know what we've seen with the whole Hamas Israel thing is that we've got kids who are the same as Hamas and you know in the back West, to to the West protesting,
0: it gets back to protesting in front of our defense secretaries Who's a lefty and against Big uh, sullivan who's a lefty and not lefty enough for them
5: yeah so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that in a way are you, you saying know uh, buying- when they start realizing that they've done they've, you know open pandora's books and and uh created monsters and any analogy you want to put it in in terms of are you um, suggesting
0: that we buy stock in guillotines <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: But that was one thing, and the, and the other thing was just um, uh, the king's speech over here, which uh, was a sort of masterpiece of the globalist waffle, where everything that is expressed is a kind of compassionate cloak for destructive policies. Um, and so you get this stuff like you know Jesus was a refugee, uh, and so the story of of Christmas and the story of Jesus is about having open borders and welcoming uh you know millions of potential rapists and murderers into your country and and that's that's what you know christianity is all about so there's an element of that in it and then there was also um you know there was this kind of hippie-ish anti-war line which has been part of what we've seen with uh that you know the responses to to Israel defending itself and and actually trying to get a terrorist organisation after an atrocity, um, and and it, it was it was it's just depressing to see that that you know our head of state uh, sounding like who's quite an elderly man sounding like a fifteen year old student, uh, but that's where we are, Mike.
1: So uh, just a couple of quick hits. One from the Republic of New Jersey story uh, caught my attention in uh, recent days, where um, one of the school districts here in the state actually voted to ban homeschoolers from taking part in extracurricular activities in the in the district. So normally, homeschoolers can take part in band or sports or whatever, and don't know what the the motivation is. Maybe we could speculate about what that might be as to why they decided that they don't want to allow homeschoolers to push crushing
0: homeschooling.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, district, these, are, these are the same leftists who tell us how we need to be inclusive. Gotta be inclusive which, guys.
3: Which but, district was that Mike?
1: Uh, I believe it was wall township. So now if, if you are being homeschooled, you can't you can't participate in that district and in any of those activities. And I think it is a way to strong arm some of these families to maybe try to, you know, have their kids go back to the public schools and do the bidding of the NJEA, the teachers union. And uh, as Steven said, you know, basically take aim at at um people who want to
0: homeschooling is one out. of the biggest threats to the left and oh
1: this- there's oh. no no question about it but what is interesting about it too is i do support the ability of the local sp- school board to make that decision you know it'd be easier to take the knee-jerk approach and say hey this is wrong but i i want the local school boards to make these choices even if they're horrible choices like that um and, and then I don't know all
0: that much, but I'm a little surprised that wall is so leftist. I wouldn't have <laughs> predicted that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, listen, I'm in an area where it's been traditionally, I would say, red. And uh, as I mentioned back in November, basically all the, the school board members uh, who were um, pro-parental pro rights lost. And, you know, there's probably a narrative behind all that, too. So why? But. You know, like I said, I do support the, the school boards making these choices, even if they're bad choices. But I also think that there's a point to be made on behalf of these homeschooling parents that they still pay pro- property taxes and they're going to go into those schools. So if you want to kick their kids off, of out, kick them out, say so can, they can't participate, we'll give them some of their property taxes back to make it fair.
5: Um, and they'll, and
0: one, they'll tax that as income.
1: Yeah. Unrealized gain. Uh um, real quick, this is more in the realm of a uh, Rush Limbaugh environmentalist wacko update. I love these stories, and there was a story just the, the other day about a wind turbine in Canada. Two blades got ripped off of the of the turbine, and I think one other one got damaged too. And what was the reason? High winds. High winds. Got <laughs> Are the serious? the rip, rip off. And apparently, they were 93 kilometer winds. So you know that that much we can uh, we can do the math on. Probably about fifty, a fifty-seven mile an hour gust. Daniel, Daniel might know these.
5: These <laughs> the uh, wrong seven. type of wind.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> one gust over fifty miles an hour ripped off two blades. So all this stuff about like offshore wind off the coast of New Jersey and all this stuff. Just imagine when when a hurricane, a tropical storm blows through, and they're all ripped to shreds out in the middle of the ocean. Anyway. That's my environmentalist wacko
0: update. Great story. Ed Ripkin. you want to close this out, please?
3: The one story that I saw that we didn't talk about was the the rumor that Trump is considering Nikki Haley as vice president. And that uh, I saw Laura Trump said that she didn't deny it. She said that uh, anything's on the table, that stranger things have happened. And I I don't think that he would be stupid enough to pick Nikki Haley, but the fact that he didn't just come out right away and say that's ridiculous. To me, that said something. Yeah. And it didn't say something good.
1: Well, does he have a nickname for her yet? Because if he doesn't have a nickname, then we know
3: that he's more amenable to it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he, that he has a nickname for her.
1: Yeah. sicky Nikki or something. We got to come up with something.
3: <laughs> Quicky Nikki.
1: We definitely love <laughs> well. <live> it.
0: In interesting <laughs> <time>. <laughs>
5: That conjures up different imagery. I've dubbed her Haley Missile S- Systems Limited. I think you should go with that one.
1: <laughs> Haley's okay. vom- Haley's vomit. I don't know. Anyway, oh, <laughs> I'm trying to. I think like of that one. one.
3: <laughs> that was good, Mike. I guess we also just. Should wish everybody a merry Christmas and a happy New Year.
0: I was just going to say, Mike is closing out the year with Haley's vomit. I, I, <laughs> you better start off better next year, Mike.
1: <laughs> I raised the bar there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Well,
1: next year is going to be an interesting year, to say the least. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to stick with my prediction that Biden's not going to be the nominee, and uh, I'll leave it there, I guess. Otherwise. <laughs> I do think we should do a segment
4: next week on like predictions for 2024. I, I leave that up to our, our host to decide whether to do that. But I think uh, we should all think of two or three predictions for 2024, you know, in the political realm, not, not like, you know, giant asteroids going to destroy the earth. And uh, although maybe, um, and then, uh, at the end of the year, we should we should all grade ourselves on our <laughs> predictions for 2024.
1: It'll be the Nostradamus. Because it's
4: going be <laughs> it to be an e-ticket ride, gentlemen. An e-ticket ride, 2024.
0: Huh. Yeah, at least we're here. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a little bit of hope. Okay, folks, we're going to close out the evening. We're going to close out the year. Wishing everyone a happy and a healthy new year. Please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at LibertyBlock.com. And please visit LibertyBlock.com to read the latest articles. And please provide feedback that way as well. And with that, I wish all a good night.